and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Alan Moore and you are listening to Gaelic Games Europe's weekly podcast, This Sunday's Game. A very warm welcome to This Sunday's Game on this weekend when we should be watching the All-Ireland Hurling Finals. Instead, we're going to speak about all things refereeing with GGE's Referees Administrator, JJ Keeney. And he's going to tell us just what new rules are coming in, how best to play the referees and umpiring. And of course, he's going to have a little bit of a look back with me at last year's World Games in Ireland. But first, a little bit of news. With the focus on club in Ireland and the reduced spectator numbers, some county boards have decided that rather than giving away golden tickets a la Willy Wonka, they are going to simply stream games. Leitrim GAA is one of these. They said that the decision to stream games and have no spectators at matches is the fairest solution to all concerned. They said that this is to prevent putting club officials and county officials in a near impossible situation as regards to who will gain access to limited number of golden tickets. They also said that just 40 passes will be available for each club involved in games to be distributed among players and officials. The Dublin Senior Football Championship was hit with a match postponement yesterday when one of the Rihini GAA players tested positive for COVID-19. They were due to play a crunch match against Oliver Plunkett's own row for qualification for the knockout stages. The club released a statement saying that the men's senior football panel will not train or play matches until all panellists are tested and return a negative result. Contact tracing is taking place by health officials and close contacts will be identified and contacted. Players and mentors will follow health advice in relation to isolating and health monitoring. Of course, all teams in Rohini who have had contact with the senior panel will also be isolated. And finally, the UEFA Champions League threw up some surprises and disappointments. Atalanta of Bergamo went down 2-1 to Paris Saint-Germain. Red Bull Leipzig beat Atletico Madrid 2-1 also. On Friday, Barcelona were battered by Bayern 8-2 the final score. And of course, yesterday, Manchester City fell yet again at this hurdle, losing 3-1 to Lyon. The semi-final lineup is Red Bull Leipzig facing Paris Saint-Germain and Lyon will take on Bayern Munich. Those games taking place on Tuesday and Wednesday. On Sunday next, the final will be taking place in the Estadio da Luz in Portugal. And now we're going to Madrid to have a chat with JJ Keeney. I am delighted to welcome on making his debut on this Sunday's game, our referees administrator, all the way from beautiful Madrid, JJ Keeney. JJ, a very well, warm welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you for having me on. Yes, it is great to have you in because I'm going to pick your brains um, about rule changes, also uh, activities that were well have been going on, especially during lockdown, and also a bit about the World Games because uh, you had a, a good time. I know you started off with Russia and then you went on a global stage <laughs> at the end of it all. How did I end up in the Russian team in the parade? <laughs> I, I just saw you say, come on, come on with me. And you put on I know, I was looking for the Iberian team. That's and, what it was. Uh, it had already started. And I think I ran into you in the car park or wherever we were assembling and you gave me a uh, red jacket. And I said, exactly. Oh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's very dodgy that one of the referees is like wearing a Russian jacket. Yeah, yeah I know. I thought maybe, maybe this isn't a good idea, you know. I'm going to start off, JJ, uh, by asking you um, about the rule changes. There's quite a few now that 
you know, that we have to observe and especially say the ladies tackle. So do you want to give us a rundown on what we have to look out for? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll run through them quickly. The good news is there are not all the uh, rule changes that are being talked about are going to apply in Europe, right? So the main one that's, well, the one that isn't going to apply is the advanced mark. So basically, you can forget about the advanced mark on the, I'm talking nines, elevens games here, fifteens is different, right? But we only play fifteen. So the advanced mark is, forget about it, ain't going to happen. The kickout mark, there's a small change to that. It's, uh, so in the past, you had five seconds to play it. Now, now you've got 15 seconds, which is pretty much as much time as you reasonably need to do it. Also, there's another change as well, because there was some confusion. The way the, you, you claim a mark is to put your hand up in the air. Before it was obviously stopping was the terminology used, but now you've put your uh, um, hand up in the air and jump mark. Now, just one thing as well, and I think we've fixed this in Europe from when it came in first. Just it's important to be aware the referee blows for the mark first, and then the player claims it. It's not the other way around. Uh, some players think they have a mark and they stop, but maybe the referee has noticed that somebody else touched the ball or that it's inside the 45. You must hear the whistle for the, and then you claim it. So play to the whistle, basically. Play to the whistle, yeah. The referee blows the whistle first, okay? And then you claim it by putting your hand up in the mark. But remember, if you decide to play on, which is fine, you can play on and you cannot be challenged uh, until you play the ball again. Now, play the ball is solo, toe-tap, hand pass. Uh, so the other uh, big change is the kickout. Now, we're going to make a few small changes in, in GGE. So the kickout has been changed in Ireland up to the 20-metre line, but we're going to keep it at the 13-metre line. Uh, we're going to do away with the 20-metre line in terms of uh, um, you have to be outside it. So basically, all kickouts now will be from the centre point of the 13-metre line. The ball must travel 13 metres. The player must be 13 metres away from the ball and outside the 13-metre line. And one more, the ball cannot go, actually, sorry, two more. The ball cannot go backwards, must go forward. And the other one is you cannot play it back to the goalkeeper directly. Is that going for scores as well or all kickouts? All kickouts. A question that was asked and was kind of confusing in the World Games, for example, and some games, ladies' kickouts, is it out of the hands or off the tee? Basically, the easiest way to remember, ladies have a choice in everything except a 40. 45 is off the ground. Okay. But in all other cases, they can choose. Yeah. Okay. Now, there is a change to the ladies, but I'll come to that in a moment because okay. I'm just talking men's football for a second, right? And then, so, uh, you know, if I, was, if I was coaching a team in Europe and, you know, you often get a player who comes in new to the team, maybe it's coming in from soccer or from another sport, and generally they're put in balls and they're given no coaching whatsoever about the rules. There's about, I think, about eight or nine different rules that apply to the goalkeeper that need, need to be known. And then you've got a poor goalkeeper who doesn't know some of the basic rules of GAA. And I don't mean that. They've been drafted in at the last minute and the goal, stay, stay in goals there and just kick out the ball and that's all you need to know. The answer to that. In actual fact, the goalkeeper needs to know the kick-out rules really, really well, you know. And uh, unfortunately, they get tend to get landed in there. So, uh, and, and not only that, but they need to be a good ball player as well. If a defender is kicking it out, which happens sometimes, it can go back to the sin bin. The other change in the, is the sin bin. So the, black, the sin bin is in in men's football, which is amazing because I think it was about 10 years ago. It was, it was a no runner whatsoever. Nobody was going to have it. Sin bin in men's football, no chance. But there you go. It flew through last year. 
Um, now, we actually haven't concreted the, uh, the uh, time on that, but I know in Madrid in this year we played four minutes of a sin bin, um, but we need, to, we need to actually have a discussion on that in, in GG and put that into the rules, because obviously 10 minutes is too much in a, in a... And just one little warning there I would say to players, and this applies to ladies in the yellow card and the sin bin as well, you cannot come back on the pitch until the referee gives you permission from a black card. And if you do, it's challenging the authority of a referee, which is a yellow card. Uh, you know, certainly send in the reminder, but do not send a player back onto the pitch. Um, it's an immediate yellow card. And that's obviously with the black is a red, you know. That's the rules in the, that's the uh, um, it for men's, uh, Alan. So the ladies, there's no changes at central level in terms of the ladies. Uh, playing rules, but we did make one change in GGE, and basically we're going to be taking all kickers now from the 13 meter line. Okay, just to make it easier because there was um, that confusion there. You noticed uh, during the lockdown, uh, Alan, that you discovered things in your apartment that needed fixing that you never noticed before. No, I knew that. <laughs> <on your time>. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that you needed fixing. I, I got around to fixing them though. You know? <laughs> yeah, you got around to fixing them. Well, there was things here in my apartment, you know, during uh, lockdown. I thought, geez, I never realized that was so bad or that thing was, that door wasn't closing properly, you know, I'm going to fix it, you know, so um, it's kind of like that, you know, more than that with, uh, you just get used to something and maybe you need to take a fresh look at it, you know. Um, but we had William Harmon on from the LGFA, he's the coaching development officer with the LGFA and there's a forum online, we did it in, uh, I can't remember, June, was it May, June? And we had about 45 referees, coaches, players came in from all over Europe. And it was absolutely brilliant. It was, it was a learning experience for everybody about, he spoke about the tackle, because there's a big crossover between coaching and refereeing in terms of the rules. Because coaches really need to coach players the rules. They need to know them as well, right? And not so much the technical rules, you know, but certainly the tackle is the big one in ladies. Um, but I would suggest that teams going out, when you get back into action, you start looking at the tackle, because I can tell you this, uh, the referees are going to be, um, I'll be working with the referees, you know, to, to roll out and be consistent and uh, enforce the tackle rule. The, the easiest way to remember it is there is no deliberate contact in ladies football. Now that is uh, going to be an eye opener to some some of the ladies footballers and coaches and supporters because um, supporters sometimes think it's men's rules we're playing. Uh, and a lot of ladies yeah. as well, are, are, you know, they're, when they're training with men, they like... Yeah. They, they feel, like I've seen where they feel themselves, that they're able to be more physical. And while the men are holding back, the women are physical. But then when you transfer to like female against female, suddenly it's... Yeah, and I mean, we don't want to ruin games. You know, it's better that the players know it. But I mean, if you look at, um, if you look at Williams coaching of the tackle, I mean, even forget about the rules for a second. Um, I would suggest you look at his presentation on that forum about how to tackle properly. And it's in actual fact, I think, the, believe it or not, the rules in men's are not any different. The, yeah. only, the, only, well, the only difference is you're allowed to shoulder in men's, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. But in actual fact, you're not allowed, but the contact is allowed. The ladies' tackle is much more skillful when done properly than in men's football. And it's fantastic to watch. He's got some examples there of how you do it. So there will be some changes, is what I'm saying. So the teams that, um, get up to speed and look at the tackle will gain an advantage there in terms of getting decisions from the referee. And it's something, it's not going to change overnight, you know. It's, it's, we don't have many games, obviously, no. at the moment. No. But it's going to take probably a full season, hopefully. You know, well, like, you know, let it get done the full season. 
to get this new idea of what the tackle is. But there's no rule change just then. Okay. So um, as, we're, as we're wrapping up, there's a few more things I just want to, to ask you about. Of course, um, you led the quizzes and Dermot, of course, was uh, helping get prizes in. That was just only one of the things you were doing during the lockdown, JJ. Well, the quiz was great, crack actually. And John Murphy in uh, in Amsterdam and Jeremy did a brilliant job job getting the sponsorship in. You know, it kind of took off. It took, we had a few technical problems, Alan. That happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How do you run a, a team quiz online? The the first problem was we had 140 something people on the first day, the first quiz. But uh, I never enabled the capacity beyond 100. I had paid for it, but never enabled it. But people improvise, you know. Uh, so they set up WhatsApp groups and did their own little video calls. And we had at least one team member. And it worked. And the chaos, I think, and the madness was part of the fun. Uh, it worked so well, we did it two more times. And to be honest, I think three was enough. I think people were getting a bit fatigued after three, you know. But it was great crack. Uh, and I think people enjoyed it. We were having drinking sessions. and. Uh, but that's that's well, the most parties, you know, yeah. yeah, and it's something that I think it's you know it's great because we we're always looking for you know in every organisation for someone to take some some things on, take the initiative. So it was the three of you pushed along and looked after because it, 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 yeah. again, there's only so much we can do, but I think it showed that we can do it on a pan-European level, which is which is brilliant. It was it was it was a great innovation. It was, yeah. Well, it, it, I have to say now, I did, the idea wasn't mine. It came out of a few clubs in Iberia started, and maybe there were other clubs in uh, around Europe that had started, or that were at it as well. I know John Murphy came, was invited into uh, one of the Iberian ones. I don't know how he got that invite, but anyway. He got, and, <laughs> and I was chatting to him afterwards, and I said, do you think it would work? And I was there, hold on. I said, well, I left it. And then kind of time went on and lockdown was getting stricter and people were looking for things to do. I said, sure, look, all we can do is make a mess of it. And uh, we kind of did make a mess of it, uh, but that was the great... Uh, it was a jolly mess. It was, it was a jolly mess. No, it, was, uh, no, it went well. It went well. Uh, yeah, for, for branding was great for great yeah. GG. I know, it was a bit of fun. So, yeah, so that was one of the things. That was nothing to do with refereeing, of course. It wasn't a refereeing pub quiz. It was... Uh, general knowledge stuff. No, so we did, uh, well, we did actually have a couple of events before lockdown started. We just got them in in the nick of time, you know, with a new referee course up in Stockholm, uh, delivered by Anna-Marie O'Rourke in Rennes and Bria Henri in uh, Brest. We had nine, I think, new referees, and unfortunately those referees now have had no opportunity to get out. Well, they have actually done a couple of friendlies, I know, recently. They've been getting out, and they're very keen. Uh, it's great that we got... Um, you know, a lot of times we do referee courses and people are there for different reasons and you're lucky if you get two or three refs. Um, but there's a bunch of the, the, from all over Europe who uh, they seem in regular contact. So hopefully we'll get them out in the pitches soon, you know. And then we had a workshop in Galicia as well, which was actually the week before, maybe two weeks before lockdown here in Spain. So we got that out of the way with the Galician referees. And then we had the William Harmon thing, which I discussed yeah. with you a few moments ago. And we had uh, we had a second forum which was more technical with Lynn Sandwich. Um, it was kind of more into the rules. So if you're into that's up there as well, online it's available. Um, if you're more into want to, so the kick out rules we talked about earlier and the ladies um, probably no harm to have a look through that one you know as well. So one other thing I've been working with David Goff as well. Uh, so David is all our referee from last year, and uh, you know he's always very very helpful towards Europe. And, so we're putting together a workshop. Actually, we haven't put together. We're just waiting for the right time to roll it out. There's no point in rolling it out in June, July. This is for referees now. It's to cover the gaps between the rules and some. There's a lot of stuff that's not covered in documentation in terms of good refereeing, 
So David is going to do, we have three forums lined up on that, and one key aspect of that will be health and well-being um, of referees. Have that kind of health and well-being and kind of like the support for referees, it's, it's, it's a terrific idea. Well, it's something that, you know, it's, it's existed, I suppose, in a non-organized way, maybe. You know, the good thing about going to our tournaments is you're always with other referees. So you can sit down and have a beer and, you know, give out. <laughs> and have your own little therapy with the, and the other referees will understand you 100%, right, you know. And you can laugh something off, you know. Uh, sometimes uh, maybe you go to a league match and you're on your own and you're driving back. I mean, this doesn't happen so much in Europe, but... Uh, in Ireland, maybe, and you're, you're, you've nobody really to talk to or whatever to let off some steam. But yeah, it's, it's, we're going to try and develop an initiative that started last year by the LGFA in terms of a community of referee, or community of referees. And we don't know how we're going to do it yet. We don't, we're, we're, we're flushing it out. Um, but I know I brought that to David. He's not LGFA, but David really likes the idea. And he's going to uh, see what, we'll see what it's about with the LGFA and hopefully Leah's and, and, I don't know where that's at, but there's other stuff as well in terms of the workshop, you know, signaling, communication, uh, behavior, all that sort of stuff that you don't, it's not in any rule book or anything like that. You know, it's not just referees and their assistants, the lines, people who are like, you know, important in games, umpiring. So, well, I think the thing with umpires is, and a lot of people, some of your listeners who are players out there might have noticed they saw these sheets walking around, or not walking around, but lying around at goalposts uh, last year, you know, and it was just to create a, um, an awareness about the importance of umpire. Imagine it's your team that's playing and the umpire isn't paying attention and you're shouting and the referee is relying on the umpire. So the referee's in a different position on the pitch because they're generally look and see if it's a point is not the first they might be looking at an off the ball incident or looking for a late tackle or something like that because you have your umpires there right and the referee might be out of position anyway and you know the ball goes wide or whatever and the umpire signals maybe the umpire isn't looking properly right it's not concentrating maybe they're on the phone having a beer it's been seen it's been known to happen or they're you know 10 meters behind the goalpost out in the car park looking or in a hedge looking for a football that went out from the previous one. So imagine it's your team and you've been wronged by... Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so put yourself in the reverse when you're doing the umpire. And, you know, it is referees really, really... Need, well, teams, you know, to properly match officiate, you really need the umpires paying attention. And there's a few tips that are on that sheet that I send out. Uh, it's gone out for clubs. I will send it out again, and we're going to keep it going next year. So, yeah, I, and I have to say, some clubs have been really, really good. In actual fact, some clubs really uh, kind of made a bit of fun with me about it, you know. Um, I'd be going to them before the game and said, listen, no, one can stop me. No, no, we've already read the sheet. We're done. We're ready to go. And you go, great, you know. Um, very, very positive. And others then maybe in it, and maybe they already think they know how to empire but when you actually look through some of the basic training stuff on it, there's a few little tips and tricks in there that can be very, very, very helpful. You know? So look back, I think it was, um, I think on that sheet, it's, I think it was 20, when did Dublin play Kerry All-Ireland semi-final? David Goff was refereeing. 2016? Uh, I, I have a funny feeling it was, 20, I didn't think it was that long ago, but it was the All-Ireland semi-final and Kerry um, got uh, two goals very quickly just before half-time. And if you look on the sheet and if you look at the clip on YouTube, which is linked in when it goes out in the email, it's absolutely fantastic umpiring. Uh, you see the ball drops in under Cluxton. And, Clux, and, and I can't remember who comes in um, and 
punches it. I can't remember who Paul Ganey maybe. And he comes in and the ball crosses the line marginally. And the umpire, if you look at the umpire's position, he's right on the line and he's looking to see it. And he's able to signal the goal immediately. Now that's an all Ireland semi-final. Yeah. Imagine if he gets that long. Yeah, and Crow Park, Dublin Kerry. <laughs> bigger game it could be is, is in the all Ireland final, but it's really not yeah. a difference. But you look at that and you think that's the level of um, he was in the right place at the right time, in the right place. And, 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 and that's probably the key thing there was that one, one umpire was behind the ball looking to see. It looked as though it was going to go over the ball, bar, but one of the umpires stayed, as they're supposed to do, on the goal line looking across in case that ball dropped. And it did drop. You know, again, the line we really just need, if umpires are paying attention, if they read the sheet and you know get, get 80%, 90% of it right during the game, it should be a massive improvement. Yeah, it, it, you know, it'll make life easier for referees and for teams as well. And there'll be less, you know, problems further down the line. JJ, um, just wrapping up, of course, yeah. you've got um, yourself and three of the referees from GGE last year at the World Games. So as you said at the yeah. start of the show, you were marching with Russia at the start of the... <laughs> I was, yeah. And it's been a great bit of crack. Listen, what, what are your, your, your main memories and takeaways from the World Games? Uh, I, I, it was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. I, probably the main the facilities were fantastic. To, you know, as a GG referee, uh, to go out onto a pitch that's properly marked, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, you know, that's just perfect and looks, and you just go, wow, we see the flags here, and umpires have coats, and, uh, you know, it's grass pitches. Now, there were two artificial pitches. Uh, just the general spirit about it, you know, I suppose maybe from a referee's perspective, because I know you, you were interviewing other people, and probably giving you the same. So from a referee's perspective, I there were mainly Irish-based referees, most of the Mitchell County referees, refereeing at a very high level. They were very, very welcoming to myself, Bria, Guillaume, and um, Marcus. Uh, there was, you know, there was no, uh, it was very open and uh, we had a good crack with them. Uh, I suppose the one thing that I, if we could take back to GGE maybe uh, from the World Games that's practical is I was on a pitch for two and a half days, the same pitch. And every single game, and I'm not kidding you, Alan, every single game started on the minute. It was not one get the timing, yeah. There wasn't one game that was... Now, that can be a little bit of luck as well, because, you know, there was no major injuries. A major injury can, yeah. Yeah, can affect. Good. But I did find in previous World Games they were able to make up that time, you know. Um, now, having three officials at the one pitch was a big help to that, you know. There's no, oh, you're waiting for a referee because... Uh, pitch and another, a game and another pitch has got delayed and they need to come over here right but um it was the, it was the timing was amazing on the game you know, i suppose that would be the one thing that i would take from it you know but overall it. brilliant again as you said it's you know organizers can do what they can but again it's when the referees are on one pitch when the referees have a team and they're ready and waiting to go through as you said they can make up time i saw it myself you know yeah and like i i, I would say that it's not you know, it's not necessarily referees that are, it's sometimes, you know, causing delays um, because a game, a game has gone late on another pitch for a reason. It may not be an injury. It may be because we go back to the umpires. Maybe the referees going around looking for umpires and start the game. Uh, maybe a team are warming up. I do find it in sometimes um, in one code in particular that teams are warming up and it's already five minutes past uh, and you're going, why weren't you? Yeah, and you know, Come on, let's get it going, you know. I, we seem to have accepted maybe in GGE that if a tournament runs 45 minutes late, an hour late, it's kind of the norm. And I don't think it needs to be that way, you know. Um, I think a little bit of focus. Uh, we can get. 
I think the team will, will make it happen. So, JJ, listen, thank you so much for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you back out in the field fairly soon. Well, you know, on the, on the, the big pitches of Europe. And uh, thanks again for your time. Not a problem, Alan. Thanks a million. As the final whistle blows on this episode of this Sunday's game, we'd like to thank JJ Keeney for his time and wish himself and the Brotherhood of Whistlers the very best of luck when the season returns. We're back, of course, next Sunday. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you.